What's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the movie Knives Out. So, spoiler alert, and we're going to go ahead and just get right into it. So, I, I am a person that loves... I love detective stories. I love Sherlock Holmes. I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. I love the books. I love the show, Sherlock. I love the like movies that I used to watch back in the day. I love, and I love a good whodunit mystery. Agatha Christie style, It is that is my jam. So I absolutely love this movie. I also like what you said. I love this movie. It's like, I can't, like I know, like I've seen it like three times. Um, the first time I watched it, I had to watch it again the very next day. I was just like, "Oh, I love this movie!" And like, it's just so. I just love everything about it. It's so clever. It's so beautiful. Like it looks so good. Like the like the design of it. Like from the editing to the production design to the cinematography, all so beautiful. Like. There's just so many things about it. I'm just like, what do I say? Like, there's so many things to say. Like, the show is not long <laughs> enough to discuss, like, all the things that I love about this movie. Um, yeah, it's very true because there's – I was just thinking the same thing, that there's so much that we could focus on. You were talking about how the movie looks, how it's acted. I mean, for me, like, most of my – this is my also my third time watching this movie. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I watched it to show my roommates and um, streamed it with a friend um over this over uh, during this year and then we watched it again for the purposes of like talking about it for the show and each and every time well after watching it the first time the second time i picked up on certain things and then this third time i picked up on even more things and that's what makes a movie fun is that when you can go back and rewatch it knowing exactly what's going to happen and recognizing the plants that are throughout the entire movie because this movie I almost feel like should be a masterclass example on plants and payoffs. It it really is like it is so well done in that way. I looked up like I was like like there was just so many things like I like I mentioned that is so great about this movie. I was like they have to have one like an Oscar for or or two or more. And I looked it mm-hmm. up and I was like I can't believe they only got nominated for screenplay and I was like no way they didn't even win like no way like it's so good it's so clever it's so entertaining it's just it's so good like if you haven't seen this movie yet you need to go and watch it it's so good so good yeah it's 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 super well done and when you're watching through the movie so the director we should mention is Ryan Johnson, and most people probably know Ryan Johnson's name now because of Star Wars The Last Jedi. And he also did Looper before that, and which probably is what, and then he did Brick before that. And Last Jedi is probably, he, he got Last Jedi after after his work on Looper. And to be, to be fair, Last Jedi was a very divisive movie, and you have people who love Ryan Johnson because of that movie, you have people that hate him because of the movie. That doesn't matter when you go in and you watch Knives Out, because everything that you might have felt like didn't work with The Last Jedi, with those characters that weren't his, that weren't original characters, completely, absolutely works in in Knives Out. And I feel like 
objectively, even if you didn't like his work in The Last Jedi, it is hard not to like his work with Knives Out because he clearly has love for the detective mystery whodunit murder genre, uh, that whole like clue aspect of it. And the whole thing that he did in Last Jedi where it was about subverting expectations, well, in this movie, subverting expectations actually makes it an even stronger movie. It's not subversion for subversion's sake. It's taking a tried and true formula of the detective solving a mis- uh, the murder plot with these people and even down to the reveal at the end of who done it. It takes all of that and it plays their expectations and it flips it on its head. And we're going to get into like this. I'm gonna, at least I want to get into the specifics about why it works so well in a minute, but just that is the reason why it's it feels different than when you're watching his work on The Last Jedi. And it really does show reverence for the genre of storytelling as a whole when it comes to the whole whodunit like, subgenre. Yeah, like it, there's just so many tools in it that I feel like worked so well. Like from the very beginning, like, you know, you just... Like even the music, it's just like, oh, something is like this is this is like a a story about death, and you just already know because of like, just all the classic imagery. Like you have the mansion in the middle of nowhere, and like, um, and then you have the you know detectives there, and they're like answering, they're asking the family questions, and like the way that whole scene was put together so clever because instead of like interviewing like so many people and it being different it's like a chain like they're all being asked the same things they're the all editing yeah like it's just the way it's pieced together is like you know they're asking a question and this and different people are answering it so you don't have to hear mm. the same question and it's all like unfolding at once so that like we're learning everything in the order that they want us to learn it in but in you know if it was reality it would be so much more boring and long and (laughs) yeah you actually the way it's edited you even have characters ask like answering questions that were asked to other characters in in the, the same sequence and one of the best versions is when uh daniel craig's uh, Detective um, Benoit Benoit Blanc is talking to Jamie Lee Curtis's character and trying to bait her into giving family secrets, and she immediately starts going in on him, saying things like, "Oh, you think I'm gonna fa- like give family secrets? Do you think I'm stupid enough to?" And then it cuts off, cuts to her husband, and her husband is spilling all the beans easily. And that's another thing that works in this movie's favor is that it is actually funny and. Considering that it is a movie about death, it is it has it is more funny than it has a right to be. And I love it. It's so amazingly well done in that way. It just unfolds so it feels like like you have this like book that is like an accordion sort of, but then like it unfolds like so perfectly like you just learn you reveal more information and you learn even more about the mystery and like and it rewinds and like it goes back and like you 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 see the same like occasions in the film happen over and over but 
from a different perspective and each time you learn something more about the mystery it's kind of like you know you're one of the detectives where you're just getting more information and more is being revealed and like you just know and and it, it just even right up to the end in the reveal it's like there was even more to it and and you you almost don't really know what's going to happen until the very end and i always say like i love movies like that because I don't want to know what's going to happen. I don't want to be able to predict it. Like, I want to be on the edge of my seat being like, what is going to happen? And this is one of those movies. Right. And it's worth mentioning, um, like, a few things. So, one, those sequences that you're talking about where you see them from different point of view, the whole purpose is to basically show that the family is lying. Like, they're all a bunch of liars, and each of them has a reason for wanting their their father dead. And it establish, establishes clear motives so that you as the audience are like, okay, I do wonder who actually kills him. And it starts with the murder. It starts with the finding of the body. So it is unraveling the mystery of what happened that night from seeing these different the, um, these different perspectives. And so that's the whole reason that we see these characters and we, we establish that they each had a stake in, in this man's death. So now we're going to figure out what we're going to figure out what happens. And if there's any theme that seems to be popping up again for like these videos for like for the movies that we are like that we're talking about and reviewing, it seems to be the swerve like partway through the movie because whether it's the 30 minute mark of Better Watch Out or the 30 minute mark of Soul, it is I looked at the time, it's the 40 minute mark in this movie that is 2 hours and 10 minutes long. At 40 minutes, you know who the murderer is. And that's what we're talking about with the subversion, because normally that would be that would be saved towards the end. So you're thinking to yourself, what's the rest of this movie going to be? Because then it kind of turns into this whole, oh, we like the main character who is responsible for this death. We want her to get away with it. And so you're just rooting. It becomes this whole movie of like how it, it turns from. Um, how to catch a murderer to how to get away with murder. And you're hoping, and you're hoping, you're praying that she gets away with it because you like her that much. And the movie plays on that because now that you know who actually did the crime, all of a sudden, everybody else seems innocent by comparison. And so therefore, you're... you. It can catch you off guard at the end when the true villain, the true murderer comes out because you weren't expecting it since even if because if it, if the movie had done its normal its normal structure, you would have seen this character and been, oh, yeah, that car, that that person's the murderer. But because it shows you that the main character is the one that did it, you spend the rest of the movie thinking that everyone else is innocent because you know what happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I definitely, like, now that I've seen it a third time, there were some things where I was like, oh, I can't, like, it's actually kind of obvious. Like, they give so many, like, hints and clues that, like, say, like, it's this guy, but it's just because I think you don't even see him for a while. Like, he's he's not even introduced into the movie for a while, uh, the movie the movie literally gives away the ending at the beginning in two ways. One, it starts with that coffee cup. It starts with that coffee cup. It ends with that coffee cup. But two, it also 
I didn't notice this the first time or second time that I watched the movie. I noticed it the third time where you have, um, I forget the old man's name, Christopher Plummer's character, but Christopher Harlan. Plummer's character, Harlan, where Harlan literally says, he says in the scene, talking to Marta, that Ransom, because this is a spoiler, this is a spoiler talk, so we're just going to get right into it. But like, he says that Ransom is like playing life so loose like a game that he wouldn't know the difference between a real knife and an, and an actual prop, which is the ending of the movie. And I like, mind was so blown when I noticed that. I was like, they are literally giving you everything, everything. you need. It's just, it's so neat. Like, and when I say neat, well, yeah, it's neat, like it's cool, but it's so tidy is what I mean. Like everything is just like a bow on the top. And every time I watch it, uh, well, I guess like the second and third time, <laughs> I'm always like <laughs> looking for holes that I could poke through and be like, but wait about, th what about this? What about this? I think I did find one, uh, which I, I do. I want to hear um, your opinion about it. Should I just bring it up now? <laughs> sure. We're, we're already here. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, I was wondering how Hugh Ransom Mm-hmm could have killed Fran at the washing uh, laundry place if he was arrested before um, what's her name? Marta goes there. Yeah. So, so that's mm -hmm. she would have she he would have had to done that like at least an hour or something beforehand or a lot more before and then like, she would have been, like, long dead before, you know, she got there. Which doesn't make sense for the whole setup trying to frame her for killing Fran. So they do explain it. Actually, it is something that Daniel Craig, um, that Benoit does bring up. The do it whole thing was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fog horn lag horn raw. <laughs> now, I do perceive that... Uh, when he was trying to understand what was happening, he had to meet with um, Fran at around 8 a.m. But he met, he took the thing that she gave him, the threat and uh, the meeting, and gave it to Marta instead, probably around the time of 7.30, I reckon. And at that precise moment, he went and he met with, Mar with, excuse me, with Fran, at which point he actually did murder her by sticking the syringe into her neck. But then, remember, by the time that he had met up with the the lovely Marta, it was around 9 o'clock, because it was 9.32, when the two were in the vehicle before he said that we have to be at the place the email said, around 10 a.m. So, and you're taking that into account. His original plan was then to call the cops while she was investigating Fran to have them show up and arrest her right at the precise moment to make it so that she was caught. But he never planned on actually being caught because of the fact that Marta is a terrible driver. And then she had no choice but to allow herself to have to drive the great Benoit in the vehicle while, unfortunately, Mr. Ransom was taken away. So, the point is, his plan was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> 
South, baby. Grew up. <laughs> it's, everybody, it's okay. I'm from Georgia. Don't <laughs> at me. It's all right. I can do this. Um, so, but yeah, so the whole point was that his plan was to have the cops come and catch her in the act of with the basically dead body. But he attacked Fran earlier in that day when they were supposed to meet because they were supposed to meet around eight. And then he went and did his own thing that he was supposed to, like everything else that you saw in the movie. But the fact that he was arrested prevented him from calling the cops to then have them show up right when Marta is meeting with Fran. So he wasn't able to frame her in that way. And then, of course, Marta called the ambulance. So it just, it changed everything. All right, I'm going to have to watch that back. <laughs> yeah, go check, go check. You only have to watch the end of the movie because they, they explain it actually at the end of the movie and it's very it's very tight. And that's the good thing about the movie is that it's a very tight movie where everything you see is a plant to pay off later. When you see Jamie Lee Curtis go in, um, she's in her room and she's crying like uh, before they're going to talk, open the will or whatever, and she's looking through the, the notes, you know if you're, Paying attention, you'll notice that those notes, the way that they are, they they look, the type of paper that they're written on, is the same paper that the husband finds in the office later to basically hint at the fact that it is part of. And she talks about the game, so to hint that this is what it is. And the one of the best things that I love in this movie is the journey of the baseball, which is something easily forgotten. But the husband goes into the office to find the note, sees that there's nothing in there, takes the baseball, throws it out the window in frustration. And then what happens is that you have Benoit who picks up the baseball and he has it for it with him for a little bit more in the movie. But the point is so that he can throw it to the dog and like the dog, cause the dog finds it and plays fetches fetch with it. The dog brings it to like, to, no, excuse me. The dog brings the thing that Marta fell off of the, the landing piece or whatever the piece of wood the dog brings the wood to benoit so the dog can get the ball that benoit picked up that the husband threw out of the window earlier and so now benoit has has the little stick thing and the dog has the ball and then throughout the rest of the movie the dog has the ball again and the dog is sitting next to jamie lee curtis's character and at the end of the movie the only reason jamie lee curtis goes into her father's office and finds the note is because she was taking the ball and putting putting it it back. back Yep. So in essence, her husband actually led her to the truth. It's amazing. So and that's genius, just the ball. Right? Yeah. How did they not win the Oscar? <laughs> 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 this is so good. Like everything is just so clever. Like even the cup. The cup is really clever. I love that it begins and ends with the cup. It's like that's the other thing. When it comes to making movies, and it is something that all of us that want to like do anything creative, whether it's writing for comic books, television shows, or movies, is a way of leaving your audience feeling satisfied if that is your intention. You don't always have to, but if your intention is to leave them satisfied, this is a great movie to look at because everything is made to build towards your satisfaction. The, the, the whole, I guess, gimmick of Marta throwing up whenever she tries to lie is a funny gimmick. 
and you're and it feels like okay, this is just so that you know you can you can put her in funny situations where she she can't lie. But then that even pays off when she's able to lie for the briefest of moments in order to trick Ransom into admitting that he killed this person who he thinks is still alive because she just said she, that she just said the person was still alive. And then because you don't like Ransom, you can then have her puke on him in his face, which was so that gross that. Is- I was like, that was so awesome, but it, though. <laughs> but, it's a, but it's a satisfying moment, yeah. and that's the point. So it, once again, even just her like regurgitating upon lying is a plant to pay off by the end of the movie. And that's what I mean when I just talk about you have all these little elements, even the whole thing where the, you find out that Fran, um, when Fran and Meg want to like smoke and they're going into her stash. That, that exists in any other movie. It's just a scene where you show some people trying to get high. But that scene exists so that now at the end of the movie, Marta knows where the toxicology report is. And that's the entire movie. There's all these scenes that don't exist in a vacuum. They exist because it is going to lead to somewhere else in the movie, either for a character or for the plot as a whole. And so that's why it's just, it's very tight. And by the end of the movie, remember, we started that movie with the mug. When we end with that mug and she's lifting it and raising it and it says my house and cuts to black, it's a cheering moment. You you almost can't help but just like shout to the heavens at how awesome this is. It is so hard not to like this movie. Yeah. And, I thought, and there's just so many clever things like the whole thing with the dogs barking. So And then when you first see Ransom, the dogs are barking at him. And, and like not that many scenes earlier it, when they were or uh, talking about the events of that night, um, they mentioned that the dogs were barking, or, like, um, and uh, Harlan tells Marta that the dogs won't bark at her because she know- he knows them, or they know her, and stuff like that. And even, like, his name, like, being Q, and, and he-, he strolls Ew. in, and he was like, only the help calls me Hugh. And it's yeah. it's funny because Marta doesn't call him Hugh um, but Fran does so it's almost like like for that specific reason so that Fran can say Hugh did this this. (laughs) yeah so good (laughs) and see I had actually forgot about the the whole thing with like the Hugh thing even the Hugh is like you said it is a plant to be paid off the dogs as well and so everything in this movie is just so tight it's so tight and it's funny that you're trying to find uh you're trying to find holes because i was trying to do the same and after a third watching i i I actually feel the movie is tighter than i originally thought when i first went to watch the movie right the (laughs) the only thing that um i could argue was i was with a nurse one of my friends is a nurse and i was with him when we saw the movie when you could go to theaters and be safe and he was saying that that is a little bit fantastical, the element of being able to pick up a jar and just tell like the slightest difference in viscosity that it's a it's a different thing. He was saying that's not realistic. There, there there's no thing. And also he was saying that there's also no way that if you're given a hundred milligrams of morphine that you're gonna be alive for ten minutes and then die. He said, No, you're just going you 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 die right then. That's it. <laughs> so <laughs> the movie clearly had to take some type of scientific liberty liberties, at least according to my friend. Uh but that aside, as far as the storytelling itself, 
I got no issues. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, to to the common audience, they're not gonna be like, that's not that's not how it works. <laughs> and also, right. like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tool, you know. It's a device to to you know just forget about it. <laughs> just right. Ignore ignore that detail. <laughs> and it's just, it's so it's so great because of the fact that when they play with it when it gets knocked over and she accidentally switches it her accidentally switching it actually is what saves the guy's life but she but the guy think but harlem thinks he's dying but he actually wasn't because she didn't she didn't have to look at it anyway she knew just from she knew just from touching so and the thing that you thought she was guilty of she's actually completely innocent of so the movie just plays with all these different expectations because you're not going to think Ransom is guilty because you think that she's guilty up until the moment that you realize that the toxicology report report's going to say that he that Harlan died with the exact amount of what he needed in his bloodstream. And then all of a sudden, the movie takes a new turn. And so the reason I love the movie so much is that even with all those subversions of expectations, we still get the detective unraveling the mystery and telling all of the telling the audience all of the things in the movie that allows us to then know who the culprit is and to be like, aha, it was you, and this is why. And that's one of the best parts about detective stories. And this movie still has it, even though you know who the murderer is or think you do 40 minutes into the movie out of a two-hour film. The so donut has a hole. The donut <laughs> hole that has an even smaller hole in the donut hole. <laughs> and so, therefore, it's actually a smaller donut. <laughs> and it's just like, oh That my is gosh. the movie. That, <laughs> that it, is the it, movie. <laughs> it, it truly is. And Mara as a character, just want to touch on this real quick. I love, I love her as a character. I, I love how smart she is. I love how resourceful she is. I love how she gets involved, but I also love how kind she is. And they make sure to let you know that the reason that she wins in the end is because of her kindness and the fact that she played the game her way, not because of the of playing it anybody else's way, not even Harlan's way. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not about the money. Mm-mm. No. For Although, everyone else, it's about the money. <laughs> Right. And you, it's amazing how fast that family changed from, oh, you're one of us to she's not even a family member. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I really love the scene when Walt like kind of corners her at her apartment. And he was like, I mean, you know, with our resources, we could help you with the right lawyers and stuff like that. And she was like, mm-hmm. so you're saying that you you're uh, the that uh, Harlan has like the resources and stuff, so they're they're really my resources that I could use to hire. <laughs> that was so yep. like powerful. Like she like in that moment, I feel like that was maybe the first time yep. when she just like became a really strong person who could like stand up for herself and defend herself, and like that was so good. And I don't know yeah, if, you've, she, if you've seen that actor before. He's yeah, um, and, uh, oh, are you talking about Jeffrey? Not Jeffrey Rush, but uh, Michael Shannon. Uh, I'm not sure what his name is, but he's... The, the guy in the in the guy you're seeing, you're talking about. He yeah, played General Zod. Who... He played General Zod in uh, Man of Steel. He's as he's... well, and he's in Shape of Water. Yeah, I, so I seen him in Shape of Water, and his character in Shape of Water is like so, 
like similar but different and I'm, i mean similar in some ways but also very different and it's so <laughs> like fun to like see that actor playing that character being like bested by <laughs> marta <laughs> marta cabrera the girl from brazil uruguay panama no one no one actually knows even though we all care about her like take that bad person mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah and there's a brief scene where they talk about politics in this movie but it's funny because it doesn't come across as trying to preach or give any one side the upper hand it actually feels just like family members who are on opposite sides of things arguing i thought i i really like that because i feel like it can be challenging for certain for some writers to write um i guess challenging topics into their stories without allowing themselves to come out a little too much and making it actually feel kind of equal on both sides uh, but I feel like this movie did a good job. That scene didn't read as uncomfortable to me. It it read more funny, even though they were talking about real world issues at the time that were happening. And it was applicable to Marta and her family. So, and it, it's, it, I think it it was also pretty valuable because um, it it really like painted a picture of their characters like and their relationship and how they actually view marta because like on the one on the one hand like yeah like they care about her and stuff but then they also have assumptions about her yeah and they don't really know her they're just you know looking at her from the outside the same way that they're looking at these political views where like they don't really Mm -hmm. know because they're not part of it they're not in it or like necessarily directly affected by it and i like it's kind of funny that they talk about it in front of her and they don't care to ask her her feelings about it when obviously she's one of the people who are you know impacted yeah to that um political debate right no it's uh no it's very important and then even that debate kind of exist as to establish the whole thing about her mother because one of the characters incorrectly assumes that her mother is legal up until the point where they find out that she's not and that and that whole device exists because if you didn't have it marta would just be would be the character that would just say oh well i'm guilty i'm going to jail but because she doesn't want anything bad to happen to her mother now she has a reason to fight and so that's the whole reason that even the mother not being legal exists as a device in the movie because it's a it's another thing that is it exists to enable the main character to push forward. Raising so, the stakes. <laughs> exactly. Nothing. Nothing in the movie is just arbitrary. Everything has a purpose and leads to something else, and that's why I can't help but just absolutely just love this movie and would recommend it to anybody that's into this genre, but also just into watching a fun movie. Yeah, I definitely had a good time. (laughs) I'll watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, I probably will too at some point, but we're going to go ahead and cut it there. We've, we clearly both love this movie. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up Cheryl before we go? Uh, No, I think like we pretty much covered all the main things. Okay. Well, Have you seen Knives Out? What did you think about it? Comment below. Let us know what you thought. And while you're down there, if you could give us a like, share, subscribe. But 
Even if you don't, though, I've been Chris with C3 Films. This has been an open discussion, and this has been Cheryl. And we will see you guys next time. Later.